0: Hill Street Blues won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of the Gen X Files. Welcome to the Gen X Files! I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all
1: about Atari. Atari. (laughs) Atari. Atari. The company you think's Japanese, but it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. It's it's made in America. Yeah. Uh, I love Atari. Atari's fantastic. It was uh, definitely the first console that we had. I think my brother actually got one for his birthday or something. Nice. Yeah. Not me. I had the Odyssey 2. Ooh. From Magnavox.
0: Oh. Got it on a Sears trip. I've told this story before. I think I told it during the Nintendo show, <laughs> but my mom worked for Coldwell Banker. A real, she was a real estate broker for Coldwell Banker, which was a real estate company back in the day. I don't know if they're still around. They might Coldwell be. Banker. Coldwell Banker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if they're still around. Well, they were, and then they were owned by Sears. Really? Yeah. It was weird area of Sears. Well, no wonder why Sears went downhill. <laughs> and then, uh, so once a year, uh, they would have this big sale for all the people who worked. From oh, the Sears family and nice. it was at night, and we'd go and we went and uh, that's where I got the Magnavo- my uh, from from Magnavox, my Odyssey two from Magnavox. Yeah, nice, so much better than the twenty six hundred. <laughs> really <Great>. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad we are doing an entire episode <laughs> on the twenty six hundred. It was so much better. It like had this cool. It was useless, but it had all the bells and whistles. that The Atari didn't yeah. have. It had this really cool futuristic console and had this oh. whole like all these buttons that meant nothing but it had uh, every game came with, like an overlay for the buttons and, oh yeah and yeah. Uh, the contri- everything was just really really well done the packaging for the games was exquisite but it was still just you know blocks and jobs and you know, well yeah you know. yeah it wasn't
1: fancy graphics or anything but they had
0: a game the one of the first games that came out was very much was very similar to the adventure game Oh, the, yeah the Atari 2600 you know yeah. when you go in the castle and, guy going around yeah there. it was like It was a little bit better at spiders and stuff, if I remember correctly. Anyway, (laughs) that's for the Magnum. Excuse me. That's for the Odyssey show, not
1: for Yeah, the... let's go to the inferior Atari twenty six hundred. <laughs> Extremely inferior. <laughs> All right, we'll take yourself back to nineteen seventy-seven. Nice. In January, RCA Corporation releases the Studio Two video game console. Did you have that one, Jim? I did not. <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. The graphics of Studio Two games were black and white and resembled those of earlier Pong Kong consoles and their clones. The Studio Two also did not have joysticks or similar game controllers, but instead used two button keypads. That were built into the console itself Ugh (laughs) Yeah, that does not sound fun at all It's horribly (laughs) designed (laughs) The console was capable of making simple beep sounds With slight variations in tone and length The Studio 2 included five built-in games After disappointing Christmas sales at the end of 1977 The console was discontinued No! Yeah May of 1977 Tim Anderson, Mark Blank, Bruce Daniels, and Dave Lebling The future founders of Infocom Began developing Zork The test Text based adventure game that would go on to eventually sell 380,000 copies and is hailed as one of the greatest games of all time. It was awesome. Do you ever used to play text? I, I never played. No. I was just, it was just a little bit before my time.
0: Yeah, I played that, and there was a really great Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text based adventure game.
1: I've heard of that. Yeah.
0: It was basically, they were really fun, but it was, I don't know if you remember the choose your own adventure books where you would be
1: like, Oh yeah. Uh, oh, if you yeah. want to climb the mountain? Go to page 26. If you yeah. want to jump in the hole, go to page three. I loved those. So did I. So, I mean, I would assume that the, something like Zork would probably be right in my alley. Oh, it was great. A lot of reading. Kids <laughs> wouldn't do it today. That's for damn sure. Because <laughs> all it is is reading. Yeah. June 10th, Apple Computer releases the Apple II, selling for $1,298, equivalent to $6,574.82 in 2023. It had color graphics and spawned a series of other Apple II computers, with the Apple IIe ceasing production in November of 1993. It has been considered to be the greatest personal computer of all time. It was amazing. We didn't have
0: one of the original six thousand dollars, you know, God, equivalent God. versions. That's crazy. But we did. I did have an Apple IIe. The Apple II was an incredible computer. It that's really where my love of games. I had you know. I had the Odyssey, and then mm-hmm. I had ColecoVision, and I had Atari Twenty Six Hundred yeah. too. I yeah. mean, and I love that. The two E—that's where I started playing role-playing games like oh, Ultima. Yeah? Ultima was like yeah. still one of my favorite games of all time. My buddy Laser Tagler, Larry, yeah, I would play Ultima. I'd play Wolfenstein, the original oh, Wolfenstein, okay. which was so okay. cool because you could actually put on costume. You could put on oh uh, yeah disguises. Oh wow. Oh yeah. The. the, the it, Really, it took video gaming to the next level with yeah. Apple IIe. Like, it went from blocks yeah. and bloops and bleeps and blops to actual, you know. Yeah, cri- yeah. you got on yeah. a ship. And, I mean, yeah. you know, it was a little ship, but you got on a ship in, in Ultima and you go to different places. Yeah, yeah. It was truly, uh, I mean, we would just sit there for hours
1: Yeah, playing these games on our Apple yeah, IIe. I- I had an uh, – my dad got an Apple C, which I think he got in, like, 87 or 88 maybe. Yeah. But uh, I remember playing Rampage. Oh, like yeah. I really like Rampage. And then there was a Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego game that I really liked. Sure you did. Because I love geography. Yeah. <laughs> <And> you like <laughs> Hispanic and I girls. And like, I like finding Hispanic girls. <laughs> <laughs> where in the world is she? Uh, uh, I, th- I was thinking of Dora. No. <laughs> yeah, Where in the World is Dora the Explorer? Yeah, where yeah. is she? Uh. I, I Rampage was one of my favorite games of all time. That right. was great. It was so much fun. And it, and it was like being in the arcade. Oh, yeah. But I was at home. Well, same. I mean, that was
0: ColecoVision for me because as fun as Atari was, it, it was nowhere near arcade quality. No. Yeah. No, no. And how could no, they? I mean, no. you, you yeah. know what was so crazy was that Pong, the, the early games, there was no programming involved. It was all yeah. built yeah. In the motherboard. Right, right, right. Which just blows my mind. It's like, how do you create something on a motherboard without programming to have these I, things? I,
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like magic. I, I am not a computer person, unfortunately. Oh, geez, man. That kind of had bypassed me uh, early on. Well, I did. I was a compute kid. I mean, I did. I, I did to a certain degree, but then I stopped, and that was like 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so my I mean, programming it's like, yeah. is like go to home. Yeah. Go to Lion 6. I made a snake game. Nice. Pretty cool. Nice. So September 1st, the Atari 2600 debuts in North America. Nice. So the name Atari comes from the Japanese term Atari, used while playing the ancient board game Go. Yeah, that's the one with the little, like, little tiles, pebbles, little pebble and things, yeah, white yeah. and black. Yeah, I think so, yeah. The word Atari means... To hit a target. In Japanese, and is associated with good fortune. In Go, it indicates a situation where a player will be able to capture one or more stones of the opponent in the next move. All right. So it makes sense. The Atari logo was designed by George Opperman, who was Atari's first in-house graphic designer, and drawn by Evelyn Sito. Okay. The design is known as Fuji for its resemblance to the Japanese mountain, although the logo's origins are unrelated to it. Opperman designed the logo intending for the silhouette to look like the letter A for Atari and for its three, quote-unquote, prongs to resemble players and the midline of the court in the company's first hit game, Pong. Yeah, I mean, duh. (laughs) Duh. duh. (laughs) Obviously, when I look at the Atari symbol, that's the first thing I think of. Well, yeah. In 1971, Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney founded a small engineering company, Saziggy engineering that designed computer space the world's first commercially available arcade video game for nutting associates Ugh. yeah i don't i, I think it's Sazigi, i, don't, I don't know if i'm saying that right uh it's a lot of it's s-y-z-y-g-y <laughs> yeah I, yeah i know it's a word and i've heard of it i just don't know how to pronounce it on june 27th 1972 the two incorporated atari inc and soon hired al alcorn as their first design engineer Okay. Bushnell asked Alcorn to produce an arcade version of the Magnavox Odyssey's tennis game, which we named Pong. Okay, so Magnavox came out first then, huh? They were Cribbin from Magnavox. Yeah, or now from they, the Odyssey. Let's yeah. just scrap this and make this the <laughs> Magnavox Odyssey show. Yeah. In 1973, Atari secretly spawned a competitor called Key Games, headed by Nolan's next-door neighbor Joe Keenan, to circumvent pinball distributors' insistence on exclusive distribution deals. Yeah, it was shady. Work in the system. Yeah. Both Atari and Key would market nearly the same game to different distributors, each getting an exclusive deal. Joe Keenan's management of the subsidiary led to his appointment as president of Atari when Key was absorbed into the company in 1974. Mm, By nice. 19- yeah. Oh, yeah. By 1976, Atari had completed two prototypes of what would eventually become the Atari VCS. What is that, video cartridge system? Uh, yes, I believe so. The second prototype included a TIA, the Television Interface Adapter, that sent the audio and video signal to the television, a 6507, a more advanced microprocessor, and a ROM cartridge slot and adapter. Uh, ROM meaning read-only memory. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, Yeah, you're you're welcome. (laughs) Bushnell brought in Gene Landrum, a consultant who had just prior consulted for Fairchild Camera, an instrument for its upcoming Channel F, to determine the consumer requirements for the console. All right. Do you know the Channel F? Do you, have you heard of the Channel F? Uh, I don't know. The Channel F was the first game console to be based on a microprocessor and to use ROM cartridges instead of having games built in. All right,
0: so they also ripped off the
1: Channel F. Uh, yeah, Atari just stole a lot from everybody. Right, so Atari was like the Elon Musk of the <laughs> 70s. Yeah, and it, I mean, it paid off. So uh, it it did for pre- Elon Musk too. <laughs> it was released by Fairchild Camera and Instrument in November of 1976 across North America at a retail price of 169.95 equivalent to 918.96 in 2023. That is expensive for a gaming system. I guess, but any sort of electronic device that's
0: new is always going to be a billion dollars. I mean, look yeah. at the VCR was a grand. Yeah. DVD, yeah. a grand. <laughs> so funny considering yeah. how cheap they've gotten. Well, they're, no, they yeah. don't even exist anymore.
1: But yeah, I mean, everything... When it first came out, it was a million dollars. This is crazy. In his final report for Atari, Landrum suggested a living room aesthetic with a wood grain finish, and the cartridges must be idiot proof, child proof, and effective in resisting potential static electricity problems in the living room environment. Yeah, uh, Landrum recommended it include four to five dedicated games in addition to the cartridges, but this was dropped in the final designs. Okay. I just like that they decide wood grain would somehow make people want to buy it more. Well, because everything was wood grain back then, man. I mean, <laughs> you had those giant tube
0: TVs that were yeah, encased. with the consoles, yeah, yeah, and they had bars built into them and all sorts of stuff. I mean, your 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 electronics had to be your furniture back then because it
1: was yeah. so huge. That's true. That is true. Atari was still recovering from its 1974 financial woes and needed additional capital to fully enter the home console market. Though Bushnell was wary of being beholden to outside financial sources, Atari obtained smaller investments through 1975, but not at the scale it needed and began considering a sale to a larger firm by early 1976. All right, so they were... uh... They they just couldn't get it done without a bigger dude, right? Yeah. They 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 knew they wanted to make the VCS, the which eventually became the twenty six hundred, but they just didn't have the money to research it and right. do it properly. They had the talent. But yeah. They didn't have the cash. Didn't have the cashola. Uh, Atari was introduced to Warner Communications, which saw the potential for the growing video game industry to help offset declining profits from its film and music divisions. Ugh. Warner Brothers. (laughs) I'm so down on Warner Brothers these days, thanks to Mr. Zazzy. Uh, Zazzy Zazlov. uh, Negotiations took place during 1976, during which Atari cleared itself of liabilities, including settling a patent infringement lawsuit with Magnavox over Ralph H. Baer's patents that were the basis for the Magnavox Odyssey. Yeah. So guess what? They got caught. (laughs) Good. (laughs) They got sued. In mid-1976, Fairchild announced the Channel F plan for release later that year, beating Atari to the market. By October 1976, Warner and Atari agreed to the purchase of Atari for $28 million. It's a lot back then. It was a lot back then. Warner provided an estimated $120 million, which was enough to fast-track the VCS. By 1977, development had advanced enough to brand it the Atari Video Computer System, not the cartridge system, the Video Computer System, and start developing games. I mean, it really could be the cartridge system. No, I mean, it makes more <laughs> sense. <laughs> the Atari VCS was launched in September of 1977 at $199, equivalent to about $1,010.34 in 2023. That sounds about right. Uh, with two joysticks and a combat cartridge. That still seems so expensive. Well, there was nothing like it, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if you wanted Except it. Except for it the Odyssey so, yeah. that
0: had been around forever that they <laughs> continuously <laughs> ripped off over and over again. But yeah, other than that.
1: Yeah, couldn't find it. I mean, it's yeah. I I guess if you really wanted it, you'd pay the money. People paid a lot for Pong, and that only played one game. That's true. That is true. It just amuses me because, like, you know, you can get the PlayStation Five now, which is obviously a very advanced computer system, for like four hundred and fifty bucks. Well, yeah, because they've been around for. (laughs) But even then, people complain that it's like four hundred and
0: fifty dollars. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, back then, you know. There was nothing, and like we've said, every time that there's something new, they always yeah. charge a billion dollars for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You well, know. I mean, they have to recoup the recoup the 120 million dollars they spent developing it. I mean, life cycles usually go when
0: when a new technology is introduced, it's just for the the wealthy because yeah. it will cost the equivalent of a thousand or fifteen hundred right, dollars. Right, right. Regardless yeah. of whatever
1: it is, and then. Two, three years down the line, it comes down to just a fraction of that. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason with Laserdisc why it didn't really catch on because I don't think the prices went down fast enough like to, to make it more palatable for the general audience. No. N- no.
0: A bit, but it was also because the manufacturing was a little bit more pricey. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That is true.
1: Maybe I should listen to the Laser dish uh, show. You should. You should. Eight additional games were sold separately. Most of the launch games were based on arcade games developed by Atari for its, or its subsidiary Key Games. For example, Combat was based on Key's Tank from 1974 and Atari's Jet Fighter from 1975. Yeah, these games were garbage. Um, I mean, they really were. They were. Well, yeah, but I mean, at the time, they were, you know, nobody was doing stuff like that.
0: No, but uh, I mean, we'll get into it because I, I think I literally played. Recently, I played more Atari games <laughs> than I ever played in my entire life previous yeah, to this yeah. over a couple of weeks, and we'll get into why. But going back to the early games, it's just so primitive. It's just yeah. so crazy, the memory versus the reality of these <laughs> it's things. True. It's, so it's true. It's so true. Like, really? It was just a
1: square. The guy was just a square. It was Yeah, the the, the plane one where you're f- – war or whatever it's called, where you're just flying over dropping bombs. Yeah. It's like – it's so simple. Or the tank one, blocky, where you're blocky each other. bombs. Yeah, it's just okay. I didn't see. I didn't really get into Atari until it was branded the twenty six hundred. So I think it was like in like the early eighties. And same because like Pitfall, I think was the first game I played. Yeah,
0: I mean, I didn't get into it in the seventies. I I'll, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll I'll explain my my <laughs> first Atari, which I think I've told before, but I'll tell it again. But I'll I'll explain my okay
1: my crazy Atari experience okay. <laughs> Atari sold between 350,000 and 400,000 units during 1977 which was attributed to the delay in shipping uh, apparently they had some production issues and consumers they always do I know, I know and consumers' unfamiliarity with a swappable cartridge console that is not dedicated to only one game
0: I don't get it. What do you mean? There's more than one game? What
1: is, oh, I, I I see this, but what is this? This little box over here? What is that? Well, you make fun, and we both make
0: fun. <laughs> but honestly, there. Were, I mean, it's it's. I guess the way that you would explain it is like, well, it's kind of like an eight track player. It's kind of yeah. like you'd have to It's like a cassette. You know, people you know. never had any sort of video. Video cassettes were brand new at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people didn't even have those. So just the thought of swappable media was, was yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty
1: foreign to most folks Yeah, that's true That is very true uh, the, In 1978, Atari sold only 550,000 of the 800,000 systems manufactured This required further financial support from Warner to cover the losses uh, Atari sold 1 million consoles in 1979 Particularly during the holiday season But there was new competition from the Mattel Electronics and Television At Magnavox Odyssey 2 Which also used swappable ROM cartridges Yeah yeah, so, I mean, technically the Odyssey came out before, but it didn't have the swappable thing until the Odyssey 2. Right. Yeah.
0: And in television, I remember, you know, that was like the big. Yeah. You know, when that came out, everybody was like, whoa, because that completely changed everything with the different kind of. Didn't it, didn't in television have uh, like uh, cassettes? S- something like
1: that? I know. Oh, I'm thinking of the Commodore 64. Never oh, mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Atari attained, uh, Atari obtained a license from Taito to develop a VCS convert conversion of its 1978 arcade hit Space Invaders. Well, that look. That was the the game changer. Was oh, yeah. Bringing the con- yeah. the
0: arcade home and yeah. Space Invaders Space Invaders uh <laughs> was like the the most popular game. Yeah. Around. I mean, especially into oh, no. like Donkey Kong. Came it was
1: out. huge, yeah. It was uh, the number one 70s game out. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh the first officially licensed arcade version for a home console. Its release in March of 1980 doubled the console sales for the year to more than two million units, and it was considered the Atari VCS's killer application. Yeah, I think that's that's when I So I had a friend
0: in I guess middle school, because it was like eighty, I was probably ten or eleven. Yeah. Right. And uh, their parents, like before Christmas, had all of the gifts set out weeks. Oh, God. Before it was bizarre, weeks before. So <laughs> uh, we knew what one of the presents was because <laughs> of the way it looked and everything. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, his parents, you know, we were all latchkey kids back then. Both parents worked and, right, you know, right. we were left to our own devices. So we would get to his house after school and it was Mission Impossible, baby. We would surgically remove the wrapping paper. Oh, yeah. Put it aside. It, take a, the box apart very slowly so we know how everything went, right? And then we would play for like two or three hours. And we would play Space Invaders. <laughs> I remember playing Adventure, the game with yeah. like the key and the sword and the ducks. Yeah. The, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. The yeah. Dragons, but they, yeah, they, like looked, ducks. they were ducks. Yeah, they were ducks. And then, but we would have to spend at least a half an hour... Right. putting everything back meticulously back into the bags and and, and make sure that everything bagged up. And, and
1: Yeah, you had to make sure you stopped in time. <laughs> everything was perfect. And then we perfect.
0: had to, yeah, and then repackage and then rewrap wow. and then put back under the tree perfectly and then pretend like nothing happened. <laughs> but, you know, and the funniest thing was is when, you know, by the time Christmas rolled around and he opened it up, and they're like, well, what do you think? What do you think? He was like, the acting wasn't even there. He's like, oh, my God, I had no idea. <laughs> But we played that thing for weeks. Wow. It was amazing, yeah.
1: Wow. It's crazy. I could just imagine 10-year-old Jim running around. Quickly, the knife, just knife, just the tape, go under the tape. Wow. Well, we
0: had to have skills back then. <laughs> it wasn't as easy as it is these days. No, that's true.
1: Uh, sales doubled again for the next two years. By 1982, 10 million consoles had been sold in the United States, while its best-selling game was Pac-Man at over 8 million copies sold by 1990. Pac-Man propelled worldwide Atari VCS sale to 12 million units during 1982, according to a November 1983 article in InfoWorld Magazine. An August 1984 InfoWorld Magazine article says more than 15 million Atari 2600 machines were sold by 1982.
0: Yeah, because they really started getting the arcade into the home there. I think yeah. like Asteroids
1: was probably in there by then. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh,
0: Centipede.
1: Yeah, Missile Command. Missile Command. Uh, Missile Command was the one that we played a lot on. What right? was the one? The one, the circle one. Tempest. You, Tempest. Yeah, I, I remember that in the in the arcade. Tempest, I think, was like eighty three, maybe. I remember the Vector yeah. games
0: came out. Well, they had been.
1: I mean, they had been in the arcade for a while, but it took a, it took a bit for them to get into the home console. Well, because it also, you know,
0: these, this, and even. Asteroids were vector-based games yeah, where it yeah. wasn't
1: the same kind of graphics at all. Right, it was, right. It was uh, it was weird. Asteroids is phenomenal. I it's it's such a cool-looking design. Still to I, this I day, it. probably my favorite asteroids. Yeah, I
0: yeah. if I think I told you the other day, if if I get fu money, <laughs> which is very <laughs> very thin possibility at this point, but I would definitely get a classic asteroid stand up like uh, uh,
1: arcade machine yeah. cabinet. Sorry, yes. arcade cabinet. Yeah, That's because
0: I, I worked at a place that had one of those, oh, and yeah? I still played. It was just like being back in the being yeah. 11 years, 10, 9 years old again, and yeah. back in the back. Ooh, can smell that pan pizza
1: cooking. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And pizza yeah. Hut. I, there. I have considered a number of times getting one of those cocktail arcade cabinet machines yeah, and like putting it out by the bar or, you know, finding somewhere to put it out by the bar because they're just so awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, those were the best
0: when you would go to Pizza Hut and you would sit at the centipede machine. Yeah. And you'd wait for your pizza and you'd play and your, the. Your red cup. Yeah. That, that
1: was all pebbled and stuff and nice. drinking your soda.
0: Yeah. 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 Out of the pitchers. Yeah. Um, man, that was like Saturday
1: night. It was a real restaurant. Pizza Hut was like a real restaurant. We never actually ate at Pizza Hut. We would just order it and then go pick it up. Oh. But, but while we got there, my mom would always go there like super early. And I maybe part of it was because she knew I wanted to sit down and play Pac-Man or something. Yeah. But she would always just hand me a quarter and I'd be sitting over there waiting. And oh yeah, well. some nice Pizza Hut lady would come up and be like, do you want a soda? And I was just like, okay. Yeah, we get dropped off.
0: Drops off. No, oh, yeah. Drops off and gets pizzas. And <laughs> Root beers and play some games. Yeah, God, I didn't miss old old Pizza Hut. Yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, I guess you could go to Dave and Buster's now. It's so much worse. <laughs> In
1: 1982, Atari launched its second programmable console, the Atari 5200. To standardize naming, the VCS was renamed to the Atari 2600 Video Computer System, or Atari 2600, derived from the manufacturer part number CX2600. By 1982, the 2600 cost Atari about $40 to make and was sold for an average of $125. So $125, it's got to be upwards of, yeah, upwards of like probably 600 bucks. Yeah, because I mean, it was a thousand bucks a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a couple of years from then. Yeah, the company spent four dollars and fifty cents to six dollars to manufacture each cartridge, plus one to two dollars for advertising, wholesaling for eighteen ninety five, equivalent to sixty dollars and forty two cents in twenty twenty three. So they would wait. Oh, that's what they would cost the consumer
0: was 1875 or that's 1895
1: they... was how much a cartridge would cost retail oh, yeah, that's yeah. Not too bad which the irony is that that's equivalent to 6042 meaning that games now are pretty much on track of the same cost as they were 40 years ago yeah well they were until i mean dropped up to 70 bucks pc yeah P, 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 ps5
0: blah, blah, blah. i have a strong feeling that the the grand theft auto 6 is going to cost a hundred dollars just the basic game, yeah.
1: oh god, I think we're going to go ninety
0: nine bucks oh god i I, I, uh, I there's been rumblings, and I know that uh, is is Benzis is he still the head of the drug? i don't know i don't know well anyway, one of these guys on the uh on the earnings report, and that's the call that they have to yeah. all of the investors and 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 board members and all the people that are the big muckety mucks yeah. in the yeah. group, and during the call. He repeatedly said that he thinks games are, are way too cheap for the amount yeah, of entertainment. Yeah. They and I get it. Look, I mean, I got, we
1: got, what, 11 years worth of entertainment <laughs> with
0: the last Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, but of. I mean. But
1: we bought it three times. Uh, yeah, I paid for it three times. And I and and yes, I mean, granted, I, I wasn't spending any money on GTA Online, but, like, they were making money off that. Yeah, and they still will. It's just, I don't F...
0: Your fans, man. I know, I know. Don't I know. look. I get it. I'm okay with seventy bucks for this generation. Yeah, going up ten uh, yeah. bucks. Yeah, seventy bucks. It seems like a lot for a game. I'm, yeah, I'm not happy about it, but I'm no, willing. I'm willing for something that seems good. Considering yeah. it's about twenty bucks to go to a movie, right? You know, right. And it's definitely better than. It's a lot more entertainment, depending on the game. Yeah, than three movies. I mean, yeah, you're definitely getting more than six hours worth of yeah. content. And the and the beauty about video games is the the price point goes down so quickly. You know, You'll, that is true. Whatever is true. game is seventy dollars, within three months, there's going to be one. At some point, it's going to be on sale for forty five or fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That is very true. But you know, you know if I'm, you're willing to wait, I don't think I think a hundred bucks is too expensive. But I don't mind also, look, I, sometimes it's a hundred bucks if you buy the gold edition yeah of the, the big DLC old and fancy stuff. fancy yeah but you know I, I I get it it's it takes forever to make the it's just it's so funny <laughs> going through uh, Atari and 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 you know the the stuff for the show and watching uh, we'll get into it but, but the that incredible yeah. uh, 50th anniversary thing that we both did. You know these guys are like, wow, man! I had three weeks to make this game, <laughs> three weeks, <laughs> yeah, to make yeah. this effing game. Yeah, and uh, historically, programming on the Atari twenty six hundred it's like a rite of passage. Like even programmers yeah. today, right. will try to program something on the twenty six hundred because if you could do that, you could do just about anything, right? Because right. it is magic
1: to be <laughs> able to, get.
0: and they, they, you know, they full you know they admit it you know yeah 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 it shouldn't be able to be done it's just it's crazy (laughs) and yeah three weeks now it takes anywhere Uh, from i mean five
1: to seven to ten years i'm pretty sure that gta 6 has been in development since like 2014 or 2015 probably at least you know and
0: it's still not done. I mean, it just these things are so complex and so complicated. Yeah. And people are like, "Oh, how can you release a game that's in such a horrible state of whatever?" And it's like, "Yeah, I get that." But there's so many things that can go wrong on these new games. Right, it's right. not joust, you know, where you're just going from one side to the other on your ostrich
1: on your ostrich <laughs> shooting people. Um. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are very complex little machine little machines. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very complex and one little thing can make it go very well. Oh yeah. And and something that
0: you you don't even like when when I was playing Spider Man two, I did zlip, st- zlop sloop and then I was inside a building. And they, right. they probably didn't zlip slap sloop it eighteen <laughs> times to figure out that, right, that could happen. Right. It just happens. It's just funny that Something that used to be able to be programmed by one guy in a couple of weeks and then packaged a couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks later, yeah, it takes forever. And it also takes hundreds, if not thousands, of people to make a AAA game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. these budgets, I, I would bet you that the budget for Grand Theft Auto 6 is upwards of maybe three, four, five hundred million dollars 500000000
1: million. I would probably even more than that, to yeah. be honest. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, which makes sense. I mean, if he's talking about... Potentially c- charging a hundred dollars for it, it's like yeah. There's a huge amount of costs they have to recoup. Yeah, you know I mean? and and Rockstar on its own has a great record,
0: like its own stuff that it's yeah. developed. The yeah. ports of the other GTA Three right. and Vice City and in, in uh, San Andreas, they were ported by another company. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still blame Rockstar for putting they, out. An they entry still the product, let it happen. But, yeah. But when it's theirs. They usually put out a pretty solid. I don't remember GTA
1: having a big patch or anything. No, GTA no, no big five, real big issues. I think Red Dead Online they had to, to do a pretty big thing for the because when it first started it was hard to get on. Both
0: both but, yeah. GTA Online and Red Dead Online had a ton of problems, but the games themselves, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, game proper. The thing but, that yeah, the thing that you're technically paying for, yes, yeah. it was it was, was fine. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk, which was released in and dismal, was yeah, Woo. dismal state.
1: Woo. But hey, hey, you know what? CG CD Project Red, good company. They fixed it,
0: hundred percent, and yeah. now it's even better. Oh yeah, it's yeah. one of the best games ever, and it, it just goes to show that you if if you stick with the product and you make it up to your fans, your fans will forgive you, and yeah. then they'll want to play the product. I mean, exactly. C, I think CD Project Red did a really good job of atoning for their. Sins, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Just like uh Hello Games and No Man's Sky.
1: Yeah, there you go. You know, which was a billion promises and none oh yeah, realized. it they, was yeah, so much bluster, and then it was people who were very underwhelmed, and now it's amazing. I mean, now it's, it's a completely different game. It's gone way past anybody's expectations, and all for free. All for right, free. Right. Nothing costs yeah. you a dime. Yeah. So Activision was founded on October 1st, 1979 in Sunnyvale, California, by former Atari game developers upset at their treatment by Atari in order to develop their own games for the popular tw- Atari 2600 home video game console. Yeah, these games were making millions and millions of dollars. Yeah.
0: And they would get I, the one guy was like, yeah, I just uh, programmed this game and sold like 15 million copies or whatever. And this was my bonus, and it was a thing that says, hey, you get a free turkey. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know
1: what, turkey? Yay! I'm leaving. I uh, get it, you Yeah, know? They, uh, Activision was the first independent third-party console video game developer. In 1980, Atari attempted to block the sale of the Activision cartridges, accusing the company of intellectual property infringement. Okay. Uh, a lot of that, I think, also is because of Warner communications. Just saying. Well, it's also they actually were. I mean,
0: I know. to use proprietary you know uh, technology yeah. to make these cartridges they had to have used
1: well copywritten this, this is a history of they should have just paid their developers better i mean they would have been making they could have made all the all that money that activision made no. atari could have had yeah. if they had just treated their employees better i will say i've said it before i will say it again there is enough money for
0: everyone yeah. in these businesses. Yes, you know, there If you is. don't pay your CEO
1: a trillion dollars, yeah. there's enough money for everybody to live happily. Yeah, everybody will make money. Uh, yeah, The two companies settled out of court with Activision agreeing to pay Atari a licensing fee for their games. This made Activision the first third-party video game developer and established the licensing model that continues to be used by console manufacturers for game development. Activision's still around today. It is. Mm, it not is. that great a company, but it's still around. <laughs> Pitfall in 1982 was the most successful Activision title with at least four million copies sold.
0: Uh, everybody played that game. That was like our Indiana Jones.
1: Yes, it totally was. It was such a oh, such a great game. I was so bad at it. It's so funny because it's just the same thing.
0: It's just, you, it's just, you, just <laughs> you. you. You swing a rope over a couple of alligators and you run you across screens jump screen, jumping
1: over a pit, and then and sometimes you go into a cave, yeah, and then usually you, you die fall in the pit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Activision's success led to the establishment of other third-party VCS game developers, including... U.S. Games, Telesis, Games by Apollo, Data Age,
0: Zimag, Mystique, and Commavid.
1: <laughs> I don't think any of these exist anymore. Well, Commavid, I think, was from Commodore, right? Oh, probably. Probably. Mattel and Coleco, each already producing its own more advanced console, created simplified versions of their existing games for the 2600. Yeah, they would put out Donkey Kong, because yeah. ColecoVision
0: had the... I think exclusive rights to Donkey Kong. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they would... Uh, everything had everything back then. I don't think there were very many exclusives.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- uh, Mattel used the M Network brand name for its cartridges. Third-party games accounted for half of VCS game sales by 1982. In addition to third-party game development, Atari also received the first major threat to its hardware dominance from the ColecoVision console. That's the one that I, I love, ColecoVision. I think... <sighs>
0: I think that's my favorite console. I don't I don't think I've ever played ColecoVision. ColecoVision was it was a, it was a lot better than Atari. And yeah. it had Donkey Kong.
1: It was definitely more advanced, yeah.
0: And it had this really great uh peripheral system where you could buy a thing to chunk into the front mm-hmm. and it would play twenty six hundred games. Oh really? Or chunk into the front and play in television games. Yeah. So you could get an adapter, or a couple
1: of adapters, and then you would have every system. It was right. amazing. You could play whatever, yeah. Coleco had a license from Nintendo to develop a version of the arcade game Donkey Kong, released in the arcade 1981, which was bundled with every ColecoVision console. Oh, yeah. Coleco gained about 17% of the hardware market in 1982, compared to Atari's 58%. Uh, Yeah, so Coleco was the the rebel, the independent that you got if you wanted to really stick it to Atari. It was the new kid on the block. Yeah, it was. (laughs) And, you know, of course Atari's going to keep a hold because it was the first one there. Yeah. But ColecoVision was definitely a superior product. Yeah, yeah. With third parties competing for market share, Atari worked to maintain dominance in the market by acquiring licenses for popular arcade games and other properties to make games from. Pac-Man has numerous technical and aesthetic flaws, but nevertheless, more than 7 million copies were sold. Yeah, it wasn't very good. I mean, it really wasn't. It, I, it uh, was very repetitive.
0: <laughs> I just remember, and I wish I could have played it, but I, the one I remember the most is the Indiana Jones game. Oh, yeah. But I just, I wish I could, I, I totally remember playing the E.T. game. And just how uh, unbelievably frustrating it <laughs> <laughs> is.
1: I remember that was probably the first time I ever rage quit a video game was E.T. But I just
0: remember really liking the Indiana Jones game. But I just, I, for the life of me, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Heading into the 1982 holiday shopping season, Atari had placed high sales expectations on E.T. the Extraterrestrial, a game programmed in about six weeks. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> Atari produced an estimated four million cartridges, but the game was poorly reviewed, and only about one and a half million units were sold. It was just dumb, man. It didn't, it didn't really have it anything any, to do yeah. with ET. It didn't make any sense, and it's just it was walk it, over here, fall in a hole, don't get out of the hole. <laughs>
0: that yeah, was it, the whole game. It was one of, if not the first
1: licensing fiasco. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we luckily we didn't have any since then. Oh no, all licensed no. games have been perfect. It's been awesome. Warner Communications reported weaker results than expected in December 1982 to its shareholders, having expected a 50 percent year-to-year growth, but only obtaining 10 to 15 percent due to declining sales at Atari. Because nothing was getting better; it was getting yeah. worse. You know, yeah. if you want to continue
0: growing, and another thing too, that is that that they did not have any concept of was generational yeah. hardware, yeah, where yeah. you would get. You Know, go to the 2600 to the 5200 yeah. to the 7200. They, there was nothing like that, right? Right, you know, there was no creating better technology no. or whatever. Yeah. So, for them, coming to the end of a life cycle, you know, which is yeah. basically what was happening with ColecoVision yeah. being a little bit better, and uh, you know, other uh, companies coming out with more powerful yeah. consoles, right, right. you had to
1: adapt. And by the time they started adapting, it was almost too late. Yeah, yeah. they Yeah, they were playing catch-up quite a bit. Coupled with the oversaturated home game market, Atari's weakened position led investors to start pulling funds out of video games, beginning a cascade of disastrous effects known as the Video Game Crash of 1983. Yeah, look, the
0: truth is, is there were too many games out and, yeah. and not very many games of quality. Right, right. And... The games that people wanted, which were mostly home versions of what they played in the arcade, right. they were already out. Yeah, so yeah. you know, and there just wasn't, there wasn't the innovation that we have now. the The, the video game industry was it ext- was very stagnant. Yeah, and and yeah. it also didn't know what to do with itself after a while. Right, you right. know, it's like how many tank games? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We yeah. How, how many, many variations yeah. of
0: of things shooting at things can we do? Plus, you're very stymied by the technology too there's yeah. only so many things you can do and then you know they're like well are people going to buy a whole new console and all new right. games I mean it's kind of like you know what we're talking about with the CD and, yeah. and you know laser we just like are we going to redo our, our <laughs> are we going to redo our libraries again
1: right right or are we going to buy GTA 5 three times yes <laughs> yes we are <laughs> Uh, Many of the third party developers formed prior to 1983 were closed And Mattel and Coleco left the video game market by 1985 In September 1983, Atari sent 14 truckloads of unsold Atari 2600 cartridges And other equipment to a landfill in the New Mexico desert Later labeled the Atari video game Burial Uh, Long considered an urban legend that claimed the burial contained millions of unsold cartridges The site was excavated in 2014 Confirming reports from former atari executives that only about seven hundred thousand cartridges had actually been buried
0: only there's a great documentary about that too yeah. by the way, I yeah. forget the name of it but uh but they do and they go because it yeah I mean it, it's funny there was that rumor for years and years oh, and yeah. years that yeah. there was just this there was a place where they were just all buried, yeah, and it was
1: true <laughs> it was true it buried their shame. <laughs>
0: But it wasn't just E.T. that was buried there. Oh, no, was there was a lot. of all sorts yeah. of different cons- yeah. Uh, uh, games.
1: Yeah. Atari reported a $536 million loss for 1983 as a whole and continued to lose money into 1984 with a $425 million loss reported in the second quarter. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, this was also about the time where
0: video that – this was also around the time where arcades were losing oh, yeah. their yeah. luster – yeah. Games were kind of stagnant too, you know. There wasn't a lot of really
1: great stuff coming out. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of originality and there wasn't a lot of uh uh like story based stuff, you know. I mean and right. it's like there was nothing that you could really sink your teeth into. Dragon's lair. Yeah. Well yeah, for the in the arcade, sure. But I mean, like, you know, you look at something like E. T. it's like oh I get to play the movie and then you're just running around falling in holes. And yeah. it's like, what what is that? You garbage. <laughs> it is garbage. It is. That's why it ended up in a landfill. By mid-1984, software development for the 2600 had essentially stopped, except for by Atari and Activision. Warner, wary of supporting its failing Atari division, started looking for buyers in 1984. Warner sold most of Atari to Jack Trammell, the founder of Commodore International, in July 1984 for about $240 million, though Warner retained Atari's arcade business. Yeah, that makes sense. Trammell was a proponent of personal computers and halted all-new 2600 game development soon after the sale. The North American video game market did not recover until about 1986 after Nintendo's 1985, 1985 launch of the Nintendo Entertainment System in North America.
0: Listen to our Nintendo show for that history.
1: Yeah, Nintendo came around and and
0: comp- Mario saved the He did the video he game did. business he... because plat it was platformers that saved the video game yeah. business, you know? And it had a better product. I remember everybody in college had a uh, uh, oh, the Nintendo. Nintendo. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. Nintendo became, you know, like Coke. It became the brand name. You playing Nintendo? You playing, playing Nintendo?
1: You n- getting your Nintendo?
0: <laughs> but yeah. it needed that shift, man. It yeah. needed the colors. It needed the, the sound. It needed something to
1: bring people back that wasn't right. just the same old bloops and blocks and bloops and blocks. It's really amazing going, even just from 82 to 85, the difference in quality yeah. between... Like the fifty uh, four hundred or fifty six hundred of the hill, it's called um, the second generation Atari to the Nintendo. Yeah. Like it was just huge. Well, the original games held eight bits, not kilobits. Yeah, yeah, bits. Yeah, eight
0: bits of in material. I don't know yeah, what you want yeah. to call it, but it's like not even kilobytes. You know, it's yeah, like we yeah. look at kilobytes as the tiniest thing there is, but they're smaller than yeah, that. yeah. It's just there was no. It's basically. You could draw, stick people, yeah, and then you could paint. You know, it was like a right, very different right, right world. I mean, yeah, it was still
1: pixelated, but you went from eight yeah. bit to
0: I think we we're at thirty two bit for Nintendo, right? It was sixteen. Uh,
1: the Super Nintendo was went up to sixteen, and then the Nintendo sixty four was sixty four bit, sixty four bit, yeah. And now I have no idea. Now it's just like exploding out of the ballpark.
0: But what's so crazy? Is all of this happen within five years. Basically. I know. I know.
1: It's crazy. You know, we don't even get a video game
0: announcement to, to development to getting it in our hot yeah. little hands
1: in five years. No, no. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's
0: like the life cycle of a of a of a console now is like, what, seven years, five, seven, ten years. Now now seven years, seven,
1: eight years. I mean, yeah, it's, it's getting less now. Yeah. They're
0: already working on the PlayStation 6, which they say is going to come out in 2026 or 2027.
1: I mean, that really? seems so quick. Well, I guess the original, I mean, that's about right because the original came out in 2020. It was, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I mean, it's hard to believe the PS5 now is almost three and a half, four years old. Yeah. It's like, just it's crazy. Time wigs by, man. It's crazy. <laughs> the uh, pandemic did not help at all. Everything feels like it was either 20 years ago or yesterday. True. Yeah. The Atari Corporation released an, a redesigned model of the 2600 in 1986, supported by an ad campaign touting a price of... Under 50 bucks. Yay. With a large library of cartridges and a low price point, the 2600 continued to sell into the late 1980s. Well, yeah. I mean, it. it's... Look... <laughs> Parents don't know. So they'll just be like, I'll get you an Atari. It's the same well, thing as a Nintendo. And there's some people that preferred that. I mean, I'm sure there were the haters of the Nintendo system. Oh, uh, uh, I need to play the Atari. You know I mean? Okay. Well, those people are <laughs> <they> dumb. <don't. laughs> it's like, oh, I don't want to go to a museum. I just want to see a cave painting. <laughs> Atari released the last batch of games in 1989, including Secret Quest and Fatal Run. Uh, by 1986, over 20 million Atari VCS units had been sold worldwide. The final Atari license releases the PAL-only version of the arcade game, Clax in 1990. Okay. Yeah. After more than 14 years on the market, the 2600 line was formally discontinued on January 1st, 1992, along with the Atari 7800 and Atari 8-bit family of home computers. In Europe, last stocks of the 2600 were sold until summer-slash-fall of 1995. Oh, wow. Like, that was... It was only a couple years later when the first PlayStation came out. That's true. A series of flashback consoles have been released since, with the latest coming in the middle of November 2023, called the Atari 2600 Plus, that comes with a 10-in-1 cartridge with 10 games and plays old cartridges while being 80% of the size of the original console yeah because it's like you don't you could make it the size of a cartridge if you wanted to I, I mean they pretty much you pretty much can buy now literally with every single atari game ever made on a cartridge or a thing that you just plug into your hdmi yeah. or a slot and you get to play games yeah yeah there is also the fiftieth anniversary game slash documentary that includes original promotional materials an exhaustive documentary and playable games from the company's history throughout an interactive timeline yeah okay, so if you
0: Are a fan of Atari and you own a console, you need to buy this because this is one of the greatest interactive documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The amount of material, the 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 fact that you can see all of the different flyers and all of the the posters, the graphics, the promotional posters and stuff. Yeah, and they have little movies and interviews and, and talking to the guys that, that yeah. invented it the, and the guys, the actual that, guys. Yeah. The dude that made Yars revenge, bro. <laughs> what? When I said I played more Atari games <laughs> in the last uh, uh, couple of weeks and I have my entire life is because they have so many games yeah. on this. And what's yeah. really fun is it goes through the timeline and it starts with Atari's, uh, arcade games. Mm-hmm. So you go through and you see all the promotions and then you get to play, uh, centipede and you get pong. to play pong yeah. the original pong it's really fun uh and you get to play asteroids and it looks just like the cabinet it it looks exactly like you could you can uh customize it how you want but you can also play it just like it was played yeah during the day and they yeah. have a few yeah. titles that people did reimaginings of today yeah. more more advanced graphics and things yeah but playing the arcade games was really fun i will have to say that playing the 2600 games I maybe played twenty to twenty-five seconds. Oh yeah, yeah. Of each game, I made sure to play each one. But yeah, they're hard. Yeah, oh yeah, they're yeah. a lot harder than they were. I think there might be like a slight delay or something with the controls of yeah. no. oh, The controller was bad, <laughs> uh, so I didn't. But it was fun, man. I, I there was a few like asteroids where I got sucked in and played for a while, yeah. and suddenly it's and two hours. Millipede, later. I got sucked in, and this weird maze. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, dungeon game that I got sucked in for a while, but it was fun, it was fun to play adventure again there were there's really crazy games that were these kind of multi first multimedia experiences where, yeah, you would have the game, and then you would have a comic book that, oh, right, that came right, with the right, game, right, yeah, and then there was a contest that it, that if you play the game, you could actually win real world prizes, like some gold chalice or, some oh, money yeah, or yeah, something, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a series of these games that this guy made, and it was really there's, you know, there's elements of first person, Mm -hmm. you know, walking and stuff. You you can see the beginnings of so many different uh, advances in the video game industry, like first person stuff or platforming, right? Or you know, just the way that the innovative way that they solve problems on this tiny little (laughs) mind-destroying device that made it so difficult. Like I said, the first stuff that they programmed. It wasn't even programming. It was the way that they built the motherboard, created yeah. the game. There was yeah. no programming. And I just still,
1: yeah, saying yeah. it, I don't understand <laughs> how you do that. I don't either. I don't either. But I don't understand uh, electronics at all. So well, yeah. I mean, I do get it because if you, we used to have this old arcade
0: game in the house that was really cool. It was like this shooting gallery game, but it was oh, all yeah. like real Stuff that would move around. Oh, we, oh yeah. And it was, uh, you'd go in the back and, and the electronics and everything about it. This thing was probably from the 50s. Or, oh, wow. wow. You know, it was insane. And it was just this incredible patchwork. Right. Of, right. You know, clickety clackety, yeah, different yeah. devices to make everything work intricately together. And so I get that what they were creating was probably from the guts of those arcade machines. Yes. Yeah, and then somehow creating something that had a a, a, a video element to it, but really the the, the be, listening to these guys talk about programming at the beginning, it's it's they were they were creating all of this. They were yeah. creating yeah. how to program stuff. I mean, none of this. No, nobody
1: had ever done this before. No, and yeah. nobody
0: knew how to do this. That was another thing. Yeah, I was like, there's maybe I don't know. Fifty guys in the entire world, right, right. That can do what we were doing, yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were all really high. <laughs> Apparently, they <laughs> so a lot of pot.
1: much, so and, and <laughs> much they pot. Did a lot of hallucinogenics. Um, they were. Cause you kind of had to to like be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to create this thing. Well, the know? guy,
0: one of the guys, was like, look, I would smoke pot, and it would open up my mind, and right. then, and I would find other ways of you know solving these problems that were problems that nobody had ever. Encountered before because they yeah. didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's uh, it, it'll take you you know three maybe four hours to go through this thing, uh, depending on how yeah how how thorough you get with stuff well, and yeah. how much you want to play the different games. Right, right. But it took me probably about three hours to go through it, and it was one. I, I wish that they would do this for ColecoVision and, yeah. and television, yeah. and I wish they would do this for all the old consoles where you right. would have once you're finished with the documentary part of it, you can just. Go back and play the games yeah. however you yeah. want to. Yeah, and there's even secret games that you can unlock, which right. I didn't because it would have taken a lot of <laughs> time playing really bad games to do it. But uh, it was really cool, and they they had the uh, Ready Player One. The, mm-hmm. the I forget his name, the guy who wrote the book. Yeah, um, and they he commissioned a guy to make a twenty six hundred game that looks super rad. Oh, nice! That I nice. wish they would have. Included, uh, they yeah. talked about it. They yeah. gave us the box art and, and everything. <laughs> but they, maybe that's one of the secret the games, secret games it unlocks, that you can yeah. unlock. Who knows? But still, it's like people still today are making twenty six hundred games. And like I said, a lot of programmers, like they talk to, uh, what's his name, Cl- Cliff uh, Blazinski or whatever the guy from oh, Years of War. Yeah, Blazinski. Blazinski. Yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 all these different guys that are just like, look, man, you know, is as. As insane as our games are now, going back and trying to create something on the 2600, these guys were magicians. I don't yeah, know how they did yeah. it. It's just sometimes going back to the simple stuff is a lot harder than, right, right. you know, which I, I just – I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't understand how any of this works.
1: I we I went to LACMA over the weekend, and there was a, a, an a exhibit where there was an oscilloscope, and on top of it was like this this – conglomeration of like transistors and like phoebe looked at it and she's like what is that and i was like it's transistors and she just gave me a blank look and i was like i don't know how to explain this <laughs> like i don't well transistors make sense because they're they conduct but that's power, what power but that they... was what controlled yeah. like pong it's what controlled the the thing going back and forth and up and down and all that stuff like it was that it was just insane that they they were able to, to get away with what they did And it began something that lasted that's lasted for the last fifty years. My favorite story in that documentary was when they first did Pong. They had a prototype they put in a bar. Oh yeah. And and the guy calls up the next day or two days later and he's like Broken. It's broken. You know, you gotta come fix it. And Al Alcorn, he goes in and he's like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And he opens it up, and it wouldn't play because it was jammed full of quarters—too yeah, many quarters. Like it wouldn't play, and he wouldn't take any more quarters. And yeah. and he was like, every two days we'd go in and pull out a hundred bucks from this thing.
0: It was crazy. Yeah.
1: It, it 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 just shows people are
0: people will go after whatever's new if it's you know if it's got good quality yeah. or if it's something that like Nobody had heard of anything like this before. No. And pong no. was a was a miracle. And I yeah. remember going yeah. into people's homes
1: and being like, "You have a pong machine? Yeah. You must yeah. be rich." Because it wasn't cheap. No, no. The original pong I, was not cheap. I had a friend in middle school who uh or elementary school who I would go over and watch uh like, Wrestlemania stuff with him because his dad had the giant satellite. Yeah. And he would pull it in, you know, even though it was pay, quote-unquote pay-per-view. But his dad was a huge technophile, and he had a Pong machine. And I... It just blew my mind. I was just like... And granted, I mean, at the time, I was probably like seven or eight. Yeah. But I was just like, what the hell? I, You know, I mean, I was so used to Nintendo, and then seeing this machine, I was like, oh, okay. But it was a full-on, like, arcade cabinet. Like, oh, Like, wow. Pong, yeah. Yeah. They they
0: There was also, like... You know, the people that had the knockoff, the poom, <laughs> or the pring, yeah, you know, yeah. it was sort of, because there was a lot of knockoff pongs, right? you right. know, table t- I think even Magnavox probably had oh, one. Yeah, yeah. a table tennis.
1: Well, that's what they, they were technically ripping off Magnavox, right. which was a tennis machine, but they made it better, and and they were able to market it and, and make people want to play it.
0: Well, the Atari 2600 is like an iconic machine that is easily recognized. If you see it, you know exactly what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very simple but very complex, and it, you know, its it started
1: my lifelong love of video games. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I mean, it was huge. It, was, it started a lot. I mean, a lot of people play video games now still because of the 2600.
0: It changed my life. I mean, it literally changed my life playing video games. It's just uh, probably for the worst, <laughs> for the worst. But uh, But still, I think. You know, video games get a really bad rap just like anything else because people yeah. don't really understand them. But honestly, they're great for keeping your hand-eye coordination. If you're oh, yeah, an older yeah. person, it's really good to play games because it keeps you mentally fit because there's yeah. all sorts of puzzles and things to yeah, to solve. And there's there's a type of video game for everybody. If you just want to play Jeopardy, you can play Jeopardy. If yeah. you want to yeah. be a cowboy, you can be a cowboy. If you want to be a space marine, be a space marine. If you want to yeah. play... FIFA or football or American football or whatever you want to do. There's yeah. a game for it. There's a game for you out there. And it's also never been a better time to be able to go back and relive these older products. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say just skip all the consoles and the cheapies and the you know the the plug and play. Right, right. Because it's just gonna get dust, you're not gonna play it. Yeah, you, yeah, it's It's one of those things that seems really cool
1: because you're like, oh, yeah, man, Atari. Right, I love right. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You get the 50th anniversary. Yeah, get the disc. You can be, get it on... I'm pretty sure it's available on everything. It I, should be. Yeah.
0: The one thing that is is disappointing about it is that a lot of the licensed games, they couldn't... Yeah. They couldn't include. There, there's no E.T. I would have loved to replay yeah, that yeah. crap game. There's no <laughs> Indiana Jones. There's no Pac-Man or no. Donkey Kong. Just the Atari game. So there's... Centipede, and there's yeah. Asteroids, but those were Atari games. But, so. And
1: there's not any Activision games. No. Like Pitfall and no. stuff like that. Uh, which is a shame. But still, you get probably 100 games, uh, At maybe. least, yeah. yeah. And, and it goes all the way through to, like, the Lynx and, yeah. like, stuff that was in the early 90s. And oh, like and the interface
0: is great. So if you're playing, like, the, the Lynx was the first swappable cartridge handheld. Right. I think. Right. It was before the Game Boy, before all of that. Yeah. And, uh... When you play the Lynx game through the, the you know, the fiftieth anniversary mm-hmm. thing, it's got a Lynx interface. So yeah. it looks like you're playing on the Lynx. And yeah. it's it does that with everything. There's like a a Simon, you remember Simon? Oh yeah, meep, yeah, meep, yeah, yeah, meep, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, we all play that the round thing. Well, they have their rip off handheld version of Simon. Yeah, yeah. And it look and they just have the handheld there and you and it plays like it's just really clever the way they do it and and it's the best way to kind of relive all of your youthful video game memories. Yeah. Yeah. Without a big uh, commitment or a big you don't have to buy a bunch of crap. Just buy the game and you play through it. And the, you know, all these new Atari systems and
1: stuff coming out, I don't know. I mean, Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I I mean if you have the old cartridges and, like, your original Atari doesn't work anymore, then, yeah, buy the 2600+. And
0: if that's your jam, I get yeah. it. The Games are super complicated now. A lot of people are like, F that. I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. It just seems too hard. I want to go back to the to the basics, the yes. basics, then grab one. But Atari, we wouldn't have Red Dead Redemption 2 if no. we didn't have no. uh, Gunslinger or Duel or whatever yeah. that was. yeah, yeah. It's just funny to think that... At the same time, we were watching foul play (laughs) and Archie Bunker. Yeah, you know there were video games, but the video games back then were just—you could beat them in a day. Yeah, you know, yeah, if you if you were good enough. Yeah,
1: and a lot of (laughs) them were just some were very
0: hard. And and the thing about the the twenty six hundred and the thing about the old school video game systems—they really were about. Sharing about playing with yes. somebody else. Yes, there weren't very many single-player no, experiences. No, no, I mean you could play these games against a you know a bot or whatever. Yeah, Some yeah. of them you couldn't. Yeah, Some were right, right. only two-player games. Right. But video games back in the day were much more social. Mm-hmm. Sitting on the couch next to each other. It wasn't uh, you know a bunch of. <laughs> Thirteen-year-old foul bow <laughs> kids on a headset, sitting screaming, in their mom's basement, yeah, screaming, yelling, uh, not homophobic. nice things. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, that's well, so. but that, that's why it had the wood grain because it was supposed to be part of your your home entertainment system. It was, and you you sat down and you played video games for the night as a family, and it was an extension of your game night. Yeah. Oh, let's play yeah. Monopoly. Whoa, oh, let's play Atari. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. It yeah. was part
0: of your life rather than your life. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> video games. And I've been. Look, I've been one hundred percent guilty of of zoning into a game for a few days. Oh and, yeah. And yeah. and you know, it, you you come rolling out of that like, oh, did I shower <laughs> in the last three days? What have I eaten? You know. And you know those days where you're you're up until four o'clock in the morning trying to get to the yeah. the thing. I mean, we've all. All oh yes, yeah. hardcore gamers oh, have yeah. definitely yeah. been there, <laughs> but that for me didn't happen until the Nintendo. Because then you yeah. got Mario Brothers, then you got stuff that was single player. Right, you still right. play with your buddies. You would, I don't know, say your buddies, what your buddies. Anyway, you would play with your friends. Um, you know, switching on and off. Mm-hmm. It was still kind of a, a video games were still a social. Uh, activity, but I think Nintendo really started the yeah. going down the solo well, route, and then computers yeah, yeah. really solidified that with like well,
1: Doom. And- Nintendo was about more of the story driven stuff. Like my favorite Nintendo games were all the Link games or the Z- Zelda. Oh yeah, because it wasn't a two player game; it was a story game, and you were running around. I remember one year after college, my mom bought me a Super Nintendo, and I had already had one, but I had gotten rid of it, and she bought it for me for Christmas. With A Link to the Past, the first Zelda game right. on the Super Nintendo. And I sat down during Christmas break. Over three days, just beat that game. I was just like barreled through it. Nice. And it was one of the greatest experiences I've yes. ever had playing video games.
0: Yes. I mean, you would have to, if you wanted to, quote, unquote, save a game. Yeah. yeah. You would have to pause it and then pray that nobody turned it off or kicked it. or <laughs> Keep looking at that red light, making yeah, sure that making it didn't still sure on. Huh? Yeah, Because, you know, 16 hours of your... Hard earned time. Done. done. Done because there was no saving. Yeah. There was no you kids got it easy to say with your <laughs> saves and your continuous. Um but yeah. you had to barrel through the whole thing. And you would, you know, you'd play contra with your friend, which yeah. oh man, so many friendships were destroyed. <laughs> from, Come on, <laughs> jump, man, just jump. Because you'd leave the guy <laughs> behind. Shoot
1: the bottom. You gotta shoot, shoot the, the bottom. Dude,
0: quit dying. Yeah. Because I think you shared lives too, you, which oh, made it even yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Contra was just—it was you evil. Have, it you was have an that cheat code, man. Oh, I love that. Because that so stupid much.
1: friend dies constantly, so you have to
0: have the thirty <laughs> I'm not guys playing with you anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just—it was the beginning of anything is interesting, and the beginning of this of video games in terms of the Atari and the Odyssey and you yeah. know these little systems that came up. It's funny how it was huge, then it died, yeah, and then it came
1: back, and then it never really died again. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that there was there hasn't been a crash since then because they learned right to have life cycles. Do you know why? Because Nintendo came out by a Japanese company. <laughs> <All right. laughs> they know what they're doing. Well, no. I think. No, I know. I'm kidding. I I'm think, kidding. Uh, <laughs> that you got to have the Japanese perfect <laughs> the efficiency. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, but I think that you know what we were talking about before about how the guys making the Atari had no concept of a generational system. Oh, no, no. And that, you know, your hardware needs to evolve and the games no, need to evolve no, because people right. are going to be wanting more. You know, they were looking at it as like a movie or a television system. Right, you right. You know, which is we keep within this and then I think once they realize that the manufacturers have to move on pace with technology, right. then it's a death-proof system. Right. They've right. tried. Live right. service games, they tried. Loot boxes, <sighs> they tried. The problem is is the greed of the companies is what we have now you know yeah. we didn't yeah. really have that back then these were basically even though it was a a multimillion dollar company it was a mom and pop company
1: yeah. uh, just a few dudes making stuff happen yeah just hoping that it would sell well right. and then suddenly it's like holy crap we've sold 15 million units
0: and who were gener- genuinely interested in bettering themselves right. making better games and competing against each other to see who could make the better game. Right. And right. pushing the industry because of pride and just they yeah. wanted to play the games too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, you know, it's like, and now, you know, we're at a place where it's so corporatized and everything is made by committee and there's a thousand different executives that are, you, you know, it's just how we get these games that get so far and then get canceled and then, right, then you don't get right. to see them anymore. And yeah. Or a game could come out completely broken, right? Right, and or a game could come out like that. Uh, <laughs> the Walking Kong, Dead, yeah, yeah, same, yeah, yeah. Company same company, made company both of
1: them. It's just or just a, garbage, just cash grabs. But there's still that the spirit of the Atari is still alive in a lot of uh, indie indie developers oh, yeah. and stuff. And like, there's a lot of really great little indie games. Devolver yeah. Studios is really good. Um, the company that made The Ascent, which is like. I think seven guys in Poland somewhere. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's. It's still out there. It's still alive. But you know, there's, there's room for everybody at the table. Well, that Adam makes a really good point.
0: You know, if you are, if you do have a video game system, if you got yourself a PS5, you're gonna get your kids. You get yourself a PS5 or an Xbox for the holidays coming (laughs) up. Um, Make sure to check out the indies because yeah, a. They're doing some really interesting and innovative stuff. Yeah. And B, they need the money. You yeah, know? yeah. Let's they, keep it supported. They deserve your dollars. Because some of the greatest, you know, Oxenfree is a really oh, great yeah. little indie game. Yeah. They made Oxenfree 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dredge is another one that yeah. people are really
1: loving. Um, or uh, like the, um, what was it called? Not Silicon Valley. The... Uh, that's something Valley. Stardew Valley. Stardew, Stardew Valley. Valley. That guy. I mean, he did the whole game by himself. Yeah. He's still working on the game.
0: Yeah. You can... Just, it's, just as it's uh, important to support your indie musicians yeah. and your indie restaurants, if you're a gamer, support your indie gamers, yeah. your game yeah. companies, because they're, they're not making a ton of money.
1: They're not in it for the money. They're no. in it because they love it.
0: They're in it because they love you, and they want to give you something they, fun to play. They
1: want to play that game.
0: But, you know, I just, it's crazy that we've come from Pong to Cyberpunk, you know? Yeah, 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 it is. It really is. Like, Pong is in Cyberpunk.
1: <laughs> yeah, You yeah. know, it's yeah. like
0: there's there's three or four video games you inside just, the video play. game oh. that are better than any of the video games that were out <laughs> at this right. point, which right. is insane. Right. Um, but what a fun month. And honestly, I had a blast playing all those games. Yeah. It was, I swear to God, no joke, when I was playing the arcade games, I I could smell the pan pizza (laughs) from Pizza Hut. And I could smell the root beer in the pitcher. Nice. Yeah, with way too much ice. Um, (laughs) No salads. But uh, it was just a joy. So if you love that stuff... Definitely pick yourself up the 50th anniversary
1: collection. You can get it for like 20 bucks now. Yeah, Uh, It's been out for a couple years. And it is so worth
0: it, especially if you're a a lifelong video game nerd like us. Yeah, It's so great to have in your collection. Like I said, I'm just hoping that this isn't a one-off. I hope that more companies... It'd be nice. ...do a retrospective and we get to see where everything come from and meet the guys that made it. Yeah. And these guys were really funny. There's one guy that seems like the stick in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't <laughs> seem like the funny. I don't know if there's I, any drugs there. I don't smoke pot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not that this, it, you know, no, have to smoke Oh pot. yeah. Cool. Yeah. But this guy was just uh, <laughs> a bit of a stick, <laughs> stick in the butts. Um, yeah, well, that's I guess that's a target. That's our yeah,
1: that's our tech toys month. Uh, we'll be back next week with our stepdad show. Uh, it's our one hundred fiftieth episode. Our one hundred fiftieth. We're gonna have some surprises and
0: some things and some fun. So yeah. be sure to come in and uh, and also one thing that that I want to stress from this month, and one thing that I have uh, it's turned me around too, and it's really gotten me to the place where I'm gonna start making a few lists of things that I want to include in my collection, is get back to physical media. Yes. Get back to physical media. We just had this news report come out a few weeks ago about uh, how Warner Brothers is snatching thousands of TV programs from the PlayStation, stuff that people paid for. Yeah, yeah. You paid for this. Right. And they're going to take it away. Yeah. And you got no recourse. And that's...
1: No, no. What people don't realize is that they weren't actually buying the thing. They were just buying a license for it. Exactly. And then Warner decided, nope.
0: They got rid of the license. It's not PlayStation's fault. No. It's Warner Brothers' fault for getting rid of the license and taking it from you. So just uh, the stuff that you love the most...
1: Make sure you get it on physical media yeah. so you always have it to share with the people
0: that you love.
1: (laughs) Buy the 50th anniversary on disc. Buy it on disc. Don't buy the digital version. Yes, definitely get it on disc Um, (laughs) because you're going (laughs) to want it in your collection.
0: Anyway, happy holidays to everybody who celebrates them. Yes. And we'll be back next
1: week. Fat and sassy. Your stepdad's talking about all the physical media we got for (laughs) Christmas. Attributed to the delay in shipping. The units and consumers' unfamiliarity with the – oh, my God. All right. We
0: now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, The Jeffersons,
1: already in progress.